Super friends, it's St. Paddy's Day. Let the luck of the Irish be with ye as we celebrate Bonus Friday. That's right. Uh, enough of the silly accent. It's Bonus Friday here on Everything is Awesome. We haven't had a bonus episode in quite some time. However, I sat down and chatted with Tank Sinatra, and it was such a great conversation. I, it blew me away how much fun I had talking with Tank that I had to release this earlier so that I could just give him all the props in the world. It's St. Patty's Day. Grab a glass, drink with us as we sit down and chat with Tank. You may know Tank from Instagram. He is the largest original meme creator in the world today. He is super funny. He has a book coming out. He's creating an app to make memes even easier for you to make. So come on, let's get on board the Tank Sinatra train as we sit down here on awesomepodcast.com and listen to my interview and conversation with the one, the only Master of the Memes, Tank Sinatra. On Sunday, March 26, 2017, from 2 to 4 p.m., the Podcast Rangers take over Atomic City Comics. That's right, Doom Thugs. And everything is awesome. Join forces to make one Megazord, and they're going to be putting our podcast on live at Atomic City Comics at 640 South Street in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. From 2 to 3, you can see Doom Thugs. From 3 to 4, you can see everything is awesome when they take on the nerd rocker of Philadelphia, Brian Gray. And they have the biggest, mightiest Avenger in the world, Thor, on hand to sit down and do their late night show. So get ready because it's podcasting time. Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, This week's guest is, I think, uh, unless you count other podcasters, our first, like, real um, internet uh, celebrity uh, is, I guess, what you would call uh, this this industry. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, it's it's something that uh, we all use, we all repost, uh, and he, I mean, he's one of the most, if not the most, reposted uh, meme generator in the in the world. The you know, he makes original content, original memes, uh, and I'm just really excited to to dive into how this happens as <laughs> in your life um please welcome to the show uh tank sinatra thank you for being on the show tank thanks for having me man i appreciate it good to be here yeah uh, yeah so um so well let's let's start off uh with uh where you're from we, we you know, before we started the show we kind of got into where we're from but you're a fellow east coaster um yep. so, so how so, so where, where do you where did you grow up I grew up in uh, in a town called Comac, Long Island, which is like in the like dead center in the middle of Long Island. Okay. 
Okay. So I'm about an, an hour outside of Manhattan and like an hour and a half to like literally the end of the island of Montauk. Okay. Yeah, I've actually, I used to, uh, the first like adult job I had uh, <laughs> after after Staples was um, installing, installing point of sales for gas stations. Uh, and a lot of the Hess gas stations out in Long Island were all me. I, I was out to a lot of them. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to spend a lot of time in Long Island, um, and and uh, Mont- Montauk. Uh, that name sounds familiar, but that's about it. I, it's been oh god over ten years. Uh, but uh, I'll tell you, from Philadelphia, the drive once you get past uh, Manhattan, I love that drive. I love yeah, it's cool. Long Island. Yeah, me too. Um, actually, one it's I actually live in a little town called, and we share this town, Levittown. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, is is I don't know, and I've never visited Levittown, New York, uh, and I've always wanted to. Because, like every time I drove by, I was like, I really need to see if like the sections are the same. Is that uh, is that a Levitt like a Levitt project also? Or yes. Is it just, oh wow, yeah. So you yeah. built them for vets after World War Two. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Same yeah, thing he, up here. Yeah. So um, he and I think he actually. I think he had a hand in a little town called Fairless Hills, which is right next to us. But yeah, no, de- definitely Levittown is is, is Levitt. Yeah, uh, and I think there used to be a third one down in Florida that they renamed. Um, but that's my Levittown history for whatever reason. Nice. Uh, I, I've always been fascinated with the fact that there was another one. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, what? Gr- I see. I, growing up uh, in 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 Long Island, or just in general, like what's um, what like how do you go from from kid growing in Long Island to to like meme generator? Like that's a weird occupation. Yeah, it's uh, well, my my love affair with comedy goes way back to when I like okay. as long as I can remember. So whatever form comedy has you know been in my life, it's always been there in some fashion. Um, so, you know, memes are just the latest manifestation. They're like the, the easiest way to get a joke off and get it out of my head and get yeah. feedback as a meme. So, I, I mean, I've been, as far as internet comedy goes, I've been like, like, um, like the first viral video I saw was this thing called the Numa Numa Dance, which is like absolutely horrendous. If you've ever seen it, you know what I'm talking about. The video quality is like 16-bit. You can barely see the kid. <laughs> But it's like this chubby guy had to sitting at his um, computer and he's singing. And it was like the oh, first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was like the first time anybody had uploaded a video of themselves lip syncing, period. Forget about having like an entire app like musically built around it. And this guy just, I mean, he got spread around all over the internet. And that, as far as I know, was like the first viral video. And I was, you know, yeah. I was in it at that point. So I've been at this for a long time. Wow. Okay. But, um, you know, being from New York. So I grew up in New York. Um, I was born and raised. I was born in Huntington, Long Island. I was raised in Comac. I live in Smithtown now. I've been in this area for a long time. But one thing that I've noticed that it, that makes it different. Philly's probably like this also. But I lived in California for a year, and everybody was like really nice, but nobody busted balls. Yeah. Okay. And in yeah. New York, like it's just yeah. fucking relentless. Like the ball yeah. busting is. Just, it doesn't matter if you're eight or if you're eighty-eight. You're getting it from somebody. <laughs> yes. And I love it. Like I'm Irish. I'm an Irish sarcastic um, guy. And yep. That's my I, that's my language. Yeah. I uh, so Philly's very similar. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of ball busting. Uh, 
and uh, also I, you know, I, Kevin Michael Gallagher. I'm 100 percent Irish. Yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, very sarcastic in the same manner, and um, yeah, but you don't you don't know if we if the person hates you or loves you. Yeah. Like you really no. Yeah, it's it's funny because you know, and I look back uh, as like a teenager and in my early to mid twenties, and like there was when I worked at Staples as a teenager. And one of my really good friends and almost every coworker was like, you know, when you first started, we thought we, we all thought you hated us. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just I'm just an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a joke, like, I don't mean anything I say at all. You know, what's funny uh, is that like t- people like you and I are like people will typically say, oh, he's a he's a nice guy, you know, mm-hmm, down mm-hmm. like I'm like I'm I'm not nice first. I'm usually kind of rough first, but just to figure out, you know who you are and how you handle stuff. And then once you get to know me, yeah, I'm really nice, but yeah, like right yeah. off the bat, I don't wait to be, I don't wait to bust balls, but I did learn a hard lesson <clears throat> when I was about 25 or 26. Cause people like, I maybe took it a little bit too far. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I was mm-hmm. like, I got to figure out a way to be funny without being like mean, you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, just yeah. embarrassing people in front of like a group of people. And it was never like, malicious it was just like i'll do anything for a joke so i had to like rearrange my my sarcasm meter or like recalibrate it in my mid-20s and it's still it's still the sarcasm is still there it's just a little bit less true and it's not so public that was a big a big change i made yeah no it is it was it it, it is truly like a um it is like you have to find that happy medium of like how far do I go? How far do I test the limits? Uh, and, and I've probably, you know, since becoming, you know, someone in my thirties with kids now, I, I've probably like have gone way down to empty with my sarcasm, save for like every now and then it's just like, a, it, like I hit that gas and, and it revs up real quick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I love it. I love that kind of humor. And I don't know, uh, it, we have I love um, our comedy scene here in Philly uh, and and a lot of let's see we went to the helium uh, my fiance and I we went to the helium comedy club um, recently and a bunch of uh, god damn I forget their, their names but a bunch of New York comedians came down uh, and super funny super super funny and like I what I really love is the like the the kind of relationship Philly and New York has is ball busting really like yeah you know you know we uh, Philly's kind of like the little sibling of New York um, in a way and we kind of like just rib each other and it's really it's just a really cool friendly community of comedians. Uh, and I, I'm not a comedian. I shouldn't. I don't want to classify myself. Classify myself in that. That I'm a podcaster. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll put my flag in that community. But the I know a lot of comedians from both here and there, and such a great community. You know, you once even if you don't get to know them, just a great community of guys and yeah. gals. Yeah. Um, so so where did so let's go to comedy then. So since comedy led to memes, where did your interest in comedy originate from? Um, so like my parents were funny and my sisters are funny. Um, even though like I didn't really like my dad was like low key funny with his friends. Like I didn't know he was funny until I was like 16. Okay. Um, 
So I think the, the unfortunately, like one of the first stand-up comedy specials that I really got into was so inappropriate for my age, but I was like 11 or 12 years old watching Joe Rogan and Dom Herrera on Full Frontal Stand Up on Showtime at like two in the morning. I don't know what the hell I was doing, (laughs) but I remember just fucking just dying. Like I couldn't understand how these people could like, could get into my head so deep and say what I needed to hear to just die laughing. And it was like, you know, Middle of the night, I really, like I said, I really shouldn't have been doing it, but yeah. it started there. And then, I mean, I'll, I'll always, if there's a stand-up special out, like there's people who never know stand-up specials are out. There's people who never go see comedy shows. Like I'll always allow myself to go see a comedy show, like no matter what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and that's something that like, so, so me with comedy really has, I'm kind of just getting into like seeing comedians so i i've always watched like comedy central specials and some hbo specials um just here and there but like within the last year or so like my friends that have been like really really gearing up and doing it like you know and now that i do this show and i do it live sometimes like i'll, I'll bring on my comedian friends as a guest to to you know basically make me look good mm-hmm. and um just like watching them do it going to the helium comedy club was probably the first time if not, it was the first time I went to like a real comedy club. I've been to like a local one here in, in the in the Levittown, Fairless Hills area. Uh, and it was really funny and whatnot, but going to them is, it is something that like my fiance and I, we said like, we need to find a way to do this more often because it was just a really fun night out. Oh, yeah. And like, it's, yeah, it just, I don't know, just, I, I don't think I laughed so hard the night that I went to Helium ever. Like, I, that was the hardest I've ever laughed. You, you know why I like comedy so much? And, I, and I've recently been thinking about this a lot because I, I'm, I'm like, I'm always thinking of ways to to spin whatever I'm going through in my daily life, whatever I observe, into a joke or a meme. And it's just been, it's something that's been going on. I'm 36, like, it has to have been for the last 30 years. And I think mm-hmm. the reason is because I like, like, I know what it feels like to feel off or in a funk or sad or depressed or whatever. Um, So I do like making people happy. And what I like about being funny or making people laugh is that if you have somebody laughing, like there's just no gray area. Like it's, they're happy. There's no, you can be, you can smile and be sad and you can dance and be sad, but you can't laugh and be sad at the same time. So it's like, I know for a fact that at that moment I had a positive effect on that person because they're laughing. And that makes me feel good. And that's just, that's like as simple as it gets for me, you know? Uh, that is such a, like a, th- is like the most simplest way to state that, that feeling. Uh, you know, I talk to, when I talk to other musicians or comedians or whatever, like we kind of, we boil it down to like the, that, that, you know, I think all creative types have that like depression of some sort. Um, whether, you know, no matter the scale, small to, to, you know, Robin Williams level, you know, and um, we all deal with it in, in different ways. Comedy, uh, you know, music for me, the longest time it was wrestling. And it was always no one's ever explained it as as simple as I liked the feeling that I made that I gave someone else. Yeah. You know, it, that is it's 100 percent true. Like that's you know, I, I was able to talk to someone, uh, another podcaster that like when my uncle uh, was dealing with cancer last year and he, and he, you know, passed away from it. Mm. So like I was, I had a rough time last year, just, you know, the roller coaster of him, you know, 
being diagnosed and then getting going into remission and then it coming back and then just that that hard battle for the last few months and i you know one of the podcasters that i listen to like really really helps me out and i was able to have him on my show and say hey you know i know this isn't why you do it because i'm one of you i'm a podcaster but thank you for making me smile and laugh you know, for an hour at a time because it made me forget how shitty life can be. And that, you know, it is something that I think as me as a, some, you know, as an entertainer of a sort, like I take for granted, like, I don't know, you know, I, I don't really think about when I sit down to do these shows and, and, and whatnot and talk to, to interesting guests. I never think about like, Hey, is, are we making someone like smile out there? And I really should like that. I think that's something that as a, as the entertainer, or as a content creator, you know, and it sounds like you do, like you, you really focus in on it and like appreciate that you can do that for somebody. Well, you know why? Because I've been through enough in my life. Not like, not like I'm not like, you know, there's people that have it way worse than me, but I've had, I've, I got my own story and um, yeah. I've made it a point whenever I could to if I get a chance to tell somebody, especially if like family's a given, friends are a given, <clears throat> you know, you've had a positive effect on my life. I appreciate you being there. But I've been able to reach out to people. The internet is such an incredible tool for stuff like this. So you find that, you know, these guys that are musicians, they're comedians, they are authors, they're, you know, whatever they do that everyone's looking for an escape of some sort, wh- wh- however you get that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So I've been able to meet a couple of people and I've been able to tell them, like I met I met Gary Vaynerchuk two weeks ago. And um, I don't know if you know who that is. He's just an, an absolute monster of a human being. He's a beast. He's an author. He's a speaker. He does podcasts. He does videos. He's just such a giver of information and he's so ahead of the curve. So yeah. I've gotten a lot out of him. He actually like has had a tremendous effect on my my ambition and it, as well as my perception of what's available to me in this world as far as financial stuff goes. So I got to meet him and I said, listen, before we start, I don't need to, I don't mean to make this weird, but I just want to let you know, you've had a tremendously positive impact on my life. And I, I almost didn't say it. And I'm so glad I did because he just, not that he melted like a, like you'd melt, like they, like they melt in Greece when Danny Zuko comes around. He melted like, (laughs) like any kind of tension that was in the air. He was like, yo, I really, really appreciate that, man. Like that's like, I said, I don't know if you need that or if you even can like process it because it comes to you so much. He goes, no, 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 I need it more than anybody. So here's a guy who reaches millions of people um, and has changed countless lives. And even he'll, he still needs it maybe more than ever. You never know. So I'm always aware of the fact that, you know, someone somewhere out there, I have 900,000 followers. Like there's a guarantee, like a hundred thousand percent that somebody on my page that follows me is having a shitty day or a shitty life. Yeah. They probably like yeah. the, the statistically somebody that follows me just lost somebody that they love. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like there, somebody's out, out there is having a rough day. So that's why I feel I don't use that to create content, but it's definitely on my mind. It's definitely something that I'm conscious of. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I mean, it's just something that, you know, everyone that's a content generator, whether it be comedy, music or whatever, just, just needs to be aware of like I, that, you know, if I'm going to walk away from this interview, which is, it's weird. I don't usually walk away from interviews learning something really, except for just having a good conversation. Yeah. But like, that's something to, to like, you know, um, and I, I'm trying to now like that's like as part of our year two of, of, of doing this podcast, it's like, let me take something away from each interview. Um, that's a positive experience. And that, and that's something that I think I can take and walk away is like, you know, 
before I do a show or while I'm like out there tweeting or promoting or whatever, like think about, you know, Hey, maybe I'm changing someone's life. And like, let me make sure I pass, you know, kind of pay it forward. Yeah. Um, and, and make sure I let other people know. And um, it, listen, it doesn't need to be in like a, like a permanent life changing way where that yeah. person is never the same after the podcast. Like I'm not, they're just me, <laughs> dude. Like I'm not delusional, but yeah, yeah. somebody's having a rough day and they get a three second break from that because they're yeah. on my page. Cool. Like I did yeah. my job today. You know what I mean? Well, well, yeah. And that's exactly, and being someone that was that guy, you know, last year, like the end of 2016 was just like a shit year for, for me and, and, and my family. And yeah. Um, you know, I, I was, I was, and, and thankfully, I, you know, like you did with, with, um, your guy there, I was able to talk to my guy and say like, thank you. And that is like, it is, is a great feeling to do. Uh, yeah, and I, I, yes. And, and I know like based off of who I am in this podcasting community and based off who they are in the podcasting community, they probably even forgot about it by now. They may have forgotten about me saying it, but like <laughs> during the conversation, it was, it meant something to him. And that's yeah. like, that's great. I doubt it. I, I, I would guarantee that. Cause see what happens is we talk so much like you and I, and yeah. people like us that just create so much. Somebody will yeah. say, Oh, that meme that you made, made me happy. And I'm like, yo, which like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but <laughs> just because I don't remember what made them happy. Like I remember them coming to me and saying that I had a positive effect on him. So if you're doubting that this guy remembers that doubt, no more, I guarantee you he, yeah. Probably he doesn't probably you know I'm sure he doesn't have a shrine built to you in his house, but he, <laughs> he probably should. It it just goes in the bank like we're all trying to you know live this life and make yeah. a small difference and whatever kind of deposit you can make in that bank, you'll put it in. So I'm, I'm sure it's in there. Yeah, and so I do want to um, I want to hit on a couple more things. Yeah, we're getting um, deep. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's 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 funny. These conversations always go go in a weird direction. I had one conversation that was just about like Game of Thrones and acting that went into a very serious conversation about women in film, and like it got real deep. Uh, you know, it's the, sometimes this is a serious podcast. Yeah. Uh, but let's let's throw that out the window right now. Okay. Uh, so, um, so what's it like? What's a typical day like for you to? sit down and say, all right, I'm going to be the number one meme creator. Like how, how, how does that happen? Like, how do you, what's your process? So I, I, you know, I, I, it's funny even hearing that. So somebody said that to me, they said, yo, you're, you're like the biggest meme creator in the world, the biggest original one. And I was like, holy shit, like you might be right. And then I started looking and there's a friend of mine who currently has his page disabled. His, uh, his, his IG name is shithead Steve. But um, so when he comes back, I won't be the biggest anymore, but I'm still going to say I'm the biggest. And I already told him that. So, so we're good. <laughs> but, you know, I, I wake up, I tickle my son, I kiss my wife, I eat breakfast, um, I go out the door, I get coffee, I go to work. Um, and then around like usually 10 or 11 o'clock, I'll start poking around Reddit and um you know, every, like I'd say it's probably an 80-20 split. 20% of the time I have the joke ready and I need to find a, a picture to match the joke. Okay. But the story goes and it's like something that I, I never thought about until I started thinking about how this process works. So when I was <clears throat> when I was in kindergarten or first grade, I took an IQ test. And don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. And uh <laughs> So, you know, you get the, the typical math stuff, the, the words, the vocabulary. Um, I don't think there was any science on it because I was so young. But I do remember one part of the test was 
you had to look at a picture and um, and describe what was going on in the picture. And I just like crushed that part of the exam. Like she, he showed me a picture, and I I created like this whole you know saga going you know around what was going on in the picture between the man and the woman. And because of that, my IQ was so skewed. It wound up being like one twenty eight or one thirty, which is like for a five or six year old that's high. Um, yeah. But it was totally like. It, it was totally it wasn't like a real I'm not like an Einstein I'm just like good at describing stuff so when I look at a picture on Reddit I mean a lot of times I have nothing but sometimes I can I'm able to just kind of like feel what kind of um emotion not to be so like you know again deep but like emotion could be positive like humor or worry or anxiety or sadness or whatever so pick out whatever emotion the picture is describing and then Put that into 140 characters and throw it up on the uh, on the picture and, and make a meme. It's very organic. Like I don't I don't force it at all. That it's it's such an interesting um, uh, form of comedy. It's like Twitter and 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 you know Instagram has seems like it's just like a great way for comedians to kind of like f- like workshop their jokes. Well, you know what it is the, the problem. The benefit, the pros and the cons are basically the same. The pros are that you don't ever bomb, right? Bombing, I did stand-up comedy when I was 23 and I bombed a couple of times. It is the worst feeling ever. It's so much worse than getting rejected by a girl. It's so much worse than getting fired. It's like the ultimate rejection of who you are as a person and it's just like so intense. So the pros are that you don't bomb. The cons are that you don't have delivery, tone, and timing to, to bank on. So you have to like, you have to nail it in the words. Like the words have to be funny and they also have to be concise because there is no setup and there is no punchline. It's kind of like the picture is the setup and the caption is the punchline or vice versa. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. It's real wow, quick. Yeah. That's, you know what? It's funny. As a, like a non comedian, like I've never thought, I've always just seen my comedian friends like kind of throw pitches out there on Twitter. I don't, I don't, again, I've never, I I always kind of assumed memes made themselves. Yo, you're not. I, you're absolutely a hundred percent in the majority. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, that's I, fine. I was talking to another friend of mine who makes memes, and he was so ABC Nightline did a special on me, which was like surreal. It was like, you know, I don't. I feel it was unwarranted. Obviously, it wasn't because they did it and then they aired it. Yeah. But he said he's happy that the people that make the memes are are starting to get some attention because the majority of the internet thinks that memes just originate out of nowhere. And it's very common. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, and and it is like, I always, I love when, when these new forms of anything like, you know, new media, new forms of comedy. I love when they start to get recognition, like podcasting is kind of like, we're starting to get recognized as a podcasting has been around for so long. It's yeah, it's been like, I mean, by name, probably 10 or 11 years. And, and, you know, we're finally like showing up in TV shows. We're finally showing up in movies. We're finally, you know, you know, the masses are listening. Like Serial did, you know, a wonderful thing for podcasts by, you know, getting everyone to listen to it, really. Yeah. Um, And but like to hear that, yes, podcasting or like. I'm a I, I meme creator, which is a now like, okay, this is like a serious form of comedy. Like this is a legitimate thing that you can do. Um, I love, I love seeing that happen because I'm one, like I've been doing this for 10 years podcasting and 
It is something that to see the things grow from its infancy and 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 be, be taken seriously just means that we we finally made it. Like we're finally we're the geeks that are taking over the world finally. Yeah, and wait wait till thirty years from now when you're when you look back and you're able to say I was there in the beginning. I'm serious. It's just I mean it's it's only been ten years. Ten years yeah. in internet time is eternity, but. In real life, I mean, it's it's a decade. Like it's your twenties or it's your thirties. They come yes. and go in a blink of an eye. So when you're fifty years old, sixty years old, sitting talking to your grandkids, you're gonna say, "I was the first podcast." <laughs> you're just gonna lie right to their face because there's no way for them exactly. to validate it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell them I was the biggest Instagram page uh, ever of all time. Ever. Yeah. It is, and it, and it's insane. I I just interviewed someone who's eighteen years old, and they're a podcaster. Yeah, and I'm like. It's like you literally have grown up with it. Like when you first could realize what things were, podcasting was around. Yeah. And like it's insane that like the new generation, because I'm, I'm, I'll be 33 this year, so I'm only a little younger than you. Yeah. And, you know, so like we grew up, like we still had VHSs and we still had all this analog, um, you know, media to, to entertain us. And, the fact that like we are witnessing like this huge boom of entertainment in the form of YouTube and of podcasting and of, you know, memes like I, I before, you know, booking this interview and, and knowing and, and speaking to you, I don't think I would have ever called meme like meme creating like a like a, a form of comedy. But it, it's it's I know it's just it's amazing that that's what it is. Like, I'm so happy that I know it now. Well, you know what? I think. Most people, because me, because memes are like you know, listen, I, I make memes and I love memes and I hate memes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Like the majority of them, and I'm not trying to dog my followers, but like, so just to to plug something real quick. So we're uh, making a meme is like a little bit of a process. It's like a four to five app process, depending on where you where you start and where you want to finish. Um, yeah. So we're making an app to make it a one app process. So it's streamlined okay. completely through the, you know, through the app. And the name of the app is called Momus. And that's as bad as brilliant as it gets. And I did not come up with that. But one of my co-creators with the app um, figured out that Momus means or was the god of satire. So okay. I just wanted yeah. to put that out there because it's like one of my favorite things. It's one of the most like meaningful things that's ever happened in my career is that like this yeah. thing is just so perfect. So um I'm basically giving away the keys to the kingdom and some of the meme creators are like, yo, you can't do that, bro. Like you're going to, you're going to mess us up. So my, I'm confident in the fact that even if somebody knows how to make a meme, the main ingredient is humor. And if you're not yeah. funny, then you're not a yeah. threat. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what I yeah. keep telling them. So it's, it's funny that, <clears throat> you know, you can, you can know how to record a podcast and you yeah. can know how to edit and you can know how to produce and all that. But if you're a boring person, like that's just your lot in life. There's nothing wrong with being boring. There's a lot of boring people out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's not there's a lot of people that aren't funny. So you're yeah. just not going to do that. Figure out what you're good at. I happen to be good at this and I'm just, I'm trying to, to you know, just run it as far as I can. I'm not trying to exploit myself because I have, mm. you know, a whole other life, but I am trying to see where this thing can take me. And it is interesting that, you know, memes are looked at as like, just so stupid. People are like, you know, oh, I'm not looking at one of those stupid things. What with the memes or the memes? 
It's funny because I will memes are my go to response when someone puts me in a group chat. Oh really? On, on text message, <laughs> I, I, like I I despise group text messaging, especially if you I'm an iPhone user. So if you mix me in with Android users, oh, I can't. Who's I green? can't leave. No. Yeah, I can't leave. So you so if you want me to respond, it's literally gonna be memes, and I'll go. I'll just search like whatever I whatever my response is gonna be. I'll just search that word, that keyword, and meme, and I'll find something, and, I, and that's what I'll respond with. So like as and it's funny, like like I said, I didn't really think about where memes came from. I just searched them and and, and stole them really to use them. Yeah, and um, it is, and and you know I don't make memes at all. I my fiance does. You know she she has her own little like. You know, a consultant company that she she makes images for and it is just you know going back to to your app um you know it is a so it's like a three app process just to make hey let me grab an image let me put text on it let me do this this and this and i'm not trying to be funny like it's literally just me trying to make an image that says something <laughs> whatever she's trying to convey and i'm like it's literally it takes me 10 minutes to do this when it should be like if I were on my computer, I could do it in Photoshop in like two and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, so it is. And and for me, like going back to like your your other meme uh, creator friends who say, like, what are you doing giving away the keys of the castle? Uh, and maybe I it, this is why I'm a bad podcaster is that like my mindset when it comes to what I'm creating, whether it be a podcast, whether it be, a, you know, a script or, or whatever is, you know, I, I love that there's everyone out there doing a podcast like the more of it just means that it's going to be better, I think, like for everyone, like you're going to if if more people are making memes, it's going to hopefully make you, you know, be on your toes and make you a better meme creator. Yeah, and and the more attention that comes to so I always think about I worked at a restaurant when I was in my early 20s and uh and it was a big restaurant. It was in Huntington. It, it was the Blue Hanu and um it just totally changed the face of Huntington cuz Huntington was like always a nice town but it was just kind of like dead. Like nothing was going mm-hmm. on. So this place comes in, brings all sorts of people in there. The nightlife it turned into a bar or, or a, like not a club but just like a place to hang out after dinner. Yeah. And I remember asking um one of the restaurant owners in this in the same town. I said, "Yo, are you guys like pissed that we're here?" And he said, anything that brings attention to the area is good for me. And I asked him, well, how does that happen? And he basically said, you know, people will come here to try the new restaurant that they heard about in Newsday or from a friend or whatever. Maybe they'll try it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll come back again. I'm sorry. Maybe they'll like it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll come back again. But while they're on the way to the restaurant, they're going to see my restaurant. And now I get on their radar. You know what I mean? So if somebody makes a podcast and gets a couple of people to listen to it and the people are like, "Eh, I don't really like that podcast, but this is a cool idea. Let me see what else is out there. They may find you. You know what I mean? Exactly. Hey there, super friends. It's Kev. I'm just going to interrupt this show for a minute or two so I can do some housekeeping. If you want to help support this show, you can do it in several different ways. One of those ways, I'll read your name on air right here. Not not just your name, but your whole review uh, by leaving a five-star review uh, or any review, really. I'll read all of them. But hopefully you're kind enough to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Just go to the, our iTunes page, subscribe to the page. That way you don't miss an episode. And, of course, leave that five-star text review. iTunes math does a lot of good things that make more people listen to the show, and that means more cool things happen to Everything is Awesome. Another way that you can support is word-of-mouth recommendations. Just tell friends to listen to Everything is Awesome. Put it on when you're carpooling together on your way to work or on your way to Comic-Con or whatever. 
And the final way, this one may cost you a little bit of money, uh, but that's okay. If you go to patreon.com slash that entertains, the other, the other ways you help support us are just as good, free for nothing, help us. But this one, if you pledge some money to us, we'll give you some more stuff in return. You know, we, and by we, I mean Jason Ashley from Too Cool for Tabletop and I, we like to have, say $12 a year, bro, $1 a month uh, is really nothing to you. You skip anything for one day and that's more than a dollar. Uh, and that helps make uh, our dreams come true, really, if I'm gonna be honest. That's entertainment, uh, which is what funds this podcast, is running a Patreon, patreon.com slash that entertains. And I mean, really, honestly, if we could hit $25 a month of support, that would be wonderful. It means bills are covered for us and that's really all I want at the end of the day. And everything else is just icing on the cake, it means we get to do more upgrades, it means we get to create more content. And a lot of the stuff that we wanna do is at least early access for you guys that pledge to us on patreon.com slash that entertains, or we'll even do some exclusive content. We're working on some things, um, now that we're thinking of for exclusive content that we'll do randomly throughout the year and whatnot. So again, if you want to help support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash that entertains, not just supporting this podcast, but you're supporting that's entertainment, which means that even more content besides this podcast will come at you. We're talking skits, sketches, web series, movies, a whole ton of content that we have that we want to do that will eventually get done anyway, but with your help, we can get it done sooner. If you don't want to spend any cash, I completely get it. I understand it. iTunes reviews help us tremendously, as well as word of mouth recommendations. Finally, you can also go to um, the contact page on awesomepodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter. We're going to start sending out weekly reminders of the things that we've posted throughout the week, as well as spotlights on the guests that we've had on our podcasts. Um, and we're also going to be sending out reminders or notifications about new things that we're working on, events that we're going to be doing and whatnot. So uh, just another place to get some more detailed information. We're going to try to make it unique enough for you so that it's worth us invading your inbox. This has been more than a minute or two. So let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, and, and that's what I love about, I, I feel like the the new media people, which is, is I'm going to use a real general term for that. Like anyone that's basically in our generation, like we kind of get that. Like, whereas old media where you have all these old head execs out there, yeah. like they don't, they don't understand how the world works anymore, you know? No. And, and I think it just, we, we live in such a great time. Like I love everything that we have. There's, you can find, I don't think Netflix hurts, hurts TV at all. In fact, I think since like, the whole internet video thing has started, which, you know, you know, we're going on about 10 years of YouTube and whatnot. Like that's, that's up to the game for television. Like what 10 years ago, network TV and cable television wasn't that great. And now it's, I think better than movies. Like I can go and watch a really good 13 hour story on AMC. Yeah. That's better than some movies, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, not to, um, contradict you but i think that netflix has i think what hurts tv the most is tv and how archaic they are and how they approach making a show especially like abc or cbs or nbc they're just i mean they're stuck in their ways dude amc it's it's funny you mentioned that because i was thinking that while you were talking amc is like the only the walking dead is the only show 
that I tune in to watch every week. And when it's not on, when the when the series when the uh, the season ends, I'm like lost. I'm like, yo, I wish there was better TV on because yeah. good TV. Like I don't check my phone. I don't think about anything. I'm just in that zone. And I remember when TV was, you know, when when I was. I was probably 15 or so or, or whatever, somewhere around that age. You were a little younger. But like when the golden age for me was when Seinfeld and Friends were on the same night. They were, yes. on, Thursday, they were on Thursday night. And dude, I, I mean, I didn't care what was going on. I, yeah. was, I was home, period. Yep. Yeah, I, I was, uh, my uncle was actually a huge fan of, you know, NBC Thursday nights, and he got me into, uh, like, all, everything that I, I really, like, treasure as a form of entertainment whether it be tv or movies like it all stems from him and like so i would i would be you know he was only 15 years older than me uh-huh. so i would be you know, so he was sitting down to watch seinfeld and friends and i was like oh he's my cool uncle i'm gonna sit with him and watch seinfeld and friends and yeah i mean that was such a golden age of of television like in that for network tv yeah um yeah and- it is whew. And then, and then around that same time, The Real World came out, and I remember watching The Real World on MTV the first season, and I was like, yo, this is like the rawest thing I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe these people are real people. Like, they, they're just in the, like, that was like, the, I think, the first reality television show, and that, yeah. was, that was around that same time, and it just seemed like after that five or six year period where they, you know, Seinfeld went off the air, Friends went off the air, the real world just became this repetitious, like, mm-hmm. what a, just manu, they started manufacturing the drama and you could tell. And yeah. then YouTube came along not long after and, you know, the all these websites hosting these videos and it was like you had a choice now. So now yeah. you, you'd think TV would really get on it, but it took them, I mean, years before shows like, the Walking Dead and Breaking mm-hmm. Bad and these, you know, these super engaging shows came out and just hooked you and, and did not let you go until the end of the, uh, the series. And people like, I don't know if you watched The Walking Dead, but oh, yeah, dude, when Glenn died, I like legitimately yeah. cried a little bit. Like yeah. I was upset. My wife was sick. She was like, I'm going to throw up. I can't believe that just happened. It's. It is, I think, the, you know, it has a little misfires here and there, but it is probably, it it is, I'm I'm right there with you. It is the only show that I will watch week to week. The only time I will miss it, my fiance is a teacher, so sometimes on a Sunday night, staying up that late, she's just too tired, so we'll catch it like a Monday night instead. Uh But that's the only time I'll miss it is if if she's too tired. Other than that, like, we we watch it every week. Uh, I'm a huge fan of, like, the CW superhero shows. I think they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I'll admit, like I'm, I'm a week or two behind on them. I'll miss them. AMC is the one station. You're right. That is the thing I won't miss. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 and Netflix, like Netflix is their shows. Typically their originals are shows that are like, I'm going to sit, I'm going to dedicate, you know, two or three days to, to getting through this season because it's, it's just so good. And and what's worse than finding a show on Netflix, watching four seasons of it, and then having to wait week to week for the show? Yeah. That's what happened with The Walking Dead. I was like, yeah. it was yeah. like the ultimate. It was like doing ninety miles an hour on the highway and then getting stuck mm-hmm. behind someone going fifteen. Like I wanted to lose my mind. Yeah, it, I, and and I'll tell you what, the I'm a, a Walking Dead fan. Like I've watched it week to week from the beginning. Oh really? And, yeah, and I'll tell you what the the. 
binge watching the first two seasons is the better way to go. Like that is because because the first uh, the first half of season two. Here's this is a an interesting little study that I kind of conducted on my own. Everyone I know that watched it week to week that farm season uh-huh. hated it. Absolutely hated that storyline. But everyone that binged it on Netflix, they, they said, "What are you talking about? It was a pretty good storyline." Um, yeah. I don't know if you agree. I don't know if you enjoyed that part. But. Well, what we did is because I know I mentioned Breaking Bad, but I've actually never yeah. watched it. I couldn't get into it. I gave it like a legit seven chances where I was like, oh, okay, wow. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch this. And I just got so annoyed with the fact that he wouldn't take the money in the beginning. I just couldn't mm-hmm. suspend disbelief to the <laughs> point where like, okay, dude, so your your friend who you started a company with is rich and he wants to give you money, so, but you're going to start cooking meth and you're going to go that route. Okay, yeah, no, there's no way. So not that zombies are realistic either, but <laughs> so, what, so what we did, yeah, I was able to not, not able to suspend disbelief that, for that, but zombies, I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. So what we did is we took a different approach. We started on season four. Oh. So season four, episode one. And I'm, t- dude, like the second the music started, I was like, this show is going to be sick. So we watched all of season four and then we went back to season one because if I don't care about the characters, I know there were some characters lost, but that was, yeah. that I looked forward to because I couldn't stand Dale. Like I wanted Dale to die so bad and I knew that he wasn't in season four. So every, like I said to my wife, I'm like, oh man, I hope this is the episode Dale dies. I can't stand this guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, because I, I, I read the comics briefly when I was uh, younger, and I actually was a fan of Dale. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, no, it's it, it was the character, the way he just left his mouth open after everything he said. Oh, yeah, oh, I'll agree God. with you. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think like the the look of the character was good. I, I enjoyed the look, but like. Yeah, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the actual actor himself, but yeah, I mean, oh god, that show is. I mean, I used to, and I, and I, I bring it back every now and then. We like every maybe once a month we'll do a, a Walking Dead recap podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, we when that show was first announced, I was like, oh my god, this is the show that we that we sit down and we do a podcast about it because no one else is going to do that. Yeah. And then the Talking Dead started, and then we got shut down by AMC. Oh, was, you did. Oh God! It was it was a and and we were called the Zomcast. Oh no, we were called the Walking Dead Zomcast. Uh-huh. Uh, mind you, there was a podcast out there called the Walking Dead Podcast, not by AMC. And um, somehow, you know, we just—I guess we got on the radar. Uh, we, we there was this. How, did you ever hear of this service called Stick Cam? Uh, yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, it was this uh, live streaming service. At the time, they were like the most popular live streaming service for, you know, if you wanted to live stream your own video, they were it. They were like the Facebook Live and the Periscope, uh, you know, of their day. Uh-huh. And um, we were getting like, you know, uh, they, they stick came, came to us and said, we want to feature your show on our cha- on, on, on the front page. I was like, go ahead, do it. And we were hitting like maybe 10,000 views an hour. And I, that right around then is we, when we got the cease and desist from AMC to, wow. to stop uh, being a show. Um, so it's it's I always have a little hard time watching The Talking Dead and uh, and appreciating Chris Hardwick. But um, we, we, we brought it back and we just kind of keep it low key now. Well, they're also I mean, I know I said I cried when Glenn died, but they're like so dramatic about everything. You oh, know yeah. what I mean, like when he was like, OK, 
um, is everyone all right? Like, we're going to take the oh. episode nice and slow <laughs> just to make sure. I was like, dude, fucking do the show, man. <laughs> when and, and that was the like, I think one of the first Talking Deads I had watched in a while. I was like, oh, you know what? This is like a big episode. Let me let me watch it. <laughs> and And he came on saying that. I'm like. I listen. I was like, I understand that people get attached to characters. Like, I am attached to some of these characters, but this is ridiculous, Hardwick. Like, this is, this is not. I I've lost. A, like, I thought I could. You could win me back, but I, no, you lost me. Yeah, and I and I like him. I like him like just in general. You know what I mean? I remember yeah, watching yeah. him on uh, on Singled Out, and I was like, this yeah, guy's cool, yeah. man. This guy's like yeah. a cool dude. So, I like the fact that he does the Walking Dead, but the way they they dance around the um. Like the events of the show is like yeah. a little over the top, but yeah. whatever. I agree. It was perfect. Um, all right. So we, this is what our show is known for going on wild tangents. Um, so Good I want to bring it back in for a little bit. Uh, and before we, we let you go and, and get ready for the uh, impending snowpocalypse here. Yeah. Uh, so I know you have a book coming out as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Very, very, very excited and I'm very proud of that. I'm not proud of many things because I've had a lot of help from people in my life. So I don't take a lot of um, credit for successes in my life. But this one, this book is like something that I own. It came from me. It took 10 years to write. And I just, it it wasn't like, I didn't sit down and write every night, dude, for 10 years. But what I did was, you know how like you'll think of something and you're like, oh, that's good. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like think about that later and write it down when I get home or whatever. So, you know, you know, and I know that that thought once it leaves your head, it's gone forever and it's back. So thankfully technology was up to speed where I could either email myself, whatever thought I had, or I could jot it down in my phone. So, so I stopped, um, I had like a, a, like a history of alcohol and drug abuse. So I got sober when I was 22 in 2002. Oh, wow. So I spent like, and then the first year of my sobriety, um, my cousin died, my best friend died, and my aunt died all in the same oh. year. And it was like my head didn't come out of my ass until like year three. Okay. So I started like feeling and like just being like I could – not that I couldn't talk. I wasn't like shell-shocked, but I was just out of it. So um, around year three, I started – I went back to college and because I got kicked out of college for being an idiot. And uh, and I started – like my brain started working again and I started having like these massive revelations like – every day, five times a day, 10 times a day. I just, my brain was like all of a sudden catching up, making up for lost time. And I started writing down every thought that I had that felt like it was important enough to want to remember or to at least document and journal. Cause I knew that if I waited till I got home that night, I wasn't going to sit down and be like, dear diary today, I learned that I'm supposed to make my bed when I wake up in the morning. Like I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> so, so I wrote down everything and I decided with a little bit of prodding from a guy that I became friendly with on Instagram, he reached out to me and said, hey, I'm a publisher. His name is Ben Allen. He's been like a tremendous, tremendous help through this whole process. He just kind of like, you know, made it happen. Um, And now the book is here. And my main motivation, I said to my wife, I'm like, this is like, it was so much work. It took us like, took us a long time to get it together, um, even after we decided to do it. So it was like so tedious and so the editing process was, oh my God, dude. Like it was just <laughs> so imagine. hard. So, yeah. but there was two things. One, I wanted to be able to hand this book to my son when he turns like 14 and say, 
you know, like here's everything I know about life. Or if God forbid anything happens to me, this book is there to like serve him because I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to be a better person, how to appreciate what I have, how to be good in relationships, how to be a good uh, good husband, a good family member, a good friend, how to, you know, approach situations differently that give a lot of people trouble. So like relationships, you know, my relationship with food, my relationship with what I see in the mirror, my body image, my relationship with money, work, everything has been like poured over to to no end. And I'm finally at a point where like, I've got all the stuff, not that I have life figured out, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I would, I could consider myself a healthy individual. And that book is basically every thought that I had that brought me one micro step closer to being a healthy individual. And every page is some of them are like a sentence. Some of them are a paragraph, but they're all short and they're all meant to, the book is not meant to be read from start to finish, but it is meant to be completed. And I wrote it that way because I know that I think something like 90% of people that start a self-help book or anything like that or a business book only read the first chapter. So oh, wow. because you're – so you figure if you're picking up a book that's a self-help book, you're probably yeah. in, in some kind of emotional pain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you pick up the book and you start reading and then you get relief and then you're like, yeah, I figure like the rest of the book is probably just more of the same even though it's not. So mm-hmm. this book is really meant to be like – my my thought process was if you read a book and you take away one thing from that book that like you take away for life, that was a like a life-changing book. If you take away five things, that book is like mo- even more life-changing. So in this book are 207 – like I call them light bulb moments that I had and if you take away 10 or 15 or 20, like – I did my job just on earth. Like I can chill for the for the rest of my life if if that happens. That's what I feel like, even though I'm still not going to. That that is such an interesting and like cool approach. Uh, that's like I think unique. Like that's the most unique thing I think I've ever heard uh, for putting out a self help book. Um, and and that's so so that's what the 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 theme of the book is to to help others. I guess right. Yeah, so so it's written for people like you and me who are, you know, I guess I don't know if you're a millennial or not. I think I was like right on the cusp, but yeah. any, anybody who's like what I call a quasi adult where you're yeah. like you have bills but you're still a bit of a moron in some areas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Or you're like, "Oh, I'm 25. I should be um here in my career by now." Or I'm 30. Uh, I thought I'd have kids by now. Or I'm 32. I thought I'd be married by now. Like all those I'm this old, I thought I'd be this way by now. Those are the people that I want to read the book because whether you like it or not, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. There's just no arguing with that. You know what I mean? So it's meant to give a little relief to people who are possibly feeling a little lost or like, you know, their their curse in life is that they're never going to have a good relationship. Fuck that. Like, no, sorry. That's not your curse. That's the habits and the patterns that you've built in your life to this point have left you in a place where you've never had a healthy relationship, but you can do it. You can lose weight. You can make money. Like this stuff is not privileged to certain people. Obviously, certain people are set up better for success in certain areas of life, somebody with a high metabolism or a trust fund or whatever, but you can do it. Like you can be the best version of whatever, of of who you are in all those areas of your life and whatever that looks like to you, I want people to know that that's available to them. It's not, nothing's out of reach for anybody except like, you know, you can't jump to the moon. Okay, cool, I'm not gonna be the NBA, (laughs) but you can be happy. Yeah, now that's, that's a, 
really it's funny because like as in my, 32 going on 33 i don't consider myself a millennial by the way at all like i i feel like i'm on that cusp too because like right now it's like oh yeah like i get social media but then there's snapchat and i'm afraid of it like i'm finally <laughs> at that age sucks I I remember it first came out and I was like, I don't understand it. Uh, I worked at this consulting company uh, a year and a half ago, two years ago. And there was like, I'm, I was 30 at the time and there was like a 22 year old social media person. And they're like, Oh, you got to use Snapchat. I'm like, I can't, I, I don't, it scares me, man. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, I'm finally that old guy that could scare the technology. Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah, I'll never use it. So that's why I don't really consider myself millennial. But, yeah, it's um, it's something that I've learned. Like, I was that guy, like, you know, for the last, I'd say even as early as a couple months ago, of saying, you know, like, I, seven years ago, I said I was going to sit down and write a movie and film a movie. And here I am seven years later and I have yet to do that. I've, I've gotten notes written down. That's all. And it's like, like just talking, doing this podcast actually has been like my version of, of your book. Cause I get little snippets. Like I said earlier in this interview of people saying like, just little things that I've taken away. And it's like, you know what? Like I, I just because I haven't done it yet. doesn't mean like I have time. Like there's, you know, don't use it as an excuse to not like, to just keep putting it off. But like, don't be, don't be down on yourself that you haven't done it yet because I have time. Tim Miller directed Deadpool at the age of fifty. If he can do that, then I can figure out my fucking life at some point. Yeah, you you got to find the balance between YOLO and I've got all the time in the world. Yes, you know what yes. I mean. You've got you can't That's... be a, you can't be a total moron with how you spend your time. But you know, you, you, I've always felt like. If you're honest with yourself, because honesty is such an elusive characteristic for so many people. Just, And I'm not even talking about being honest with other people. I'm talking about honesty and self-awareness and knowing who you are and figuring it out and taking the time. Because it takes, bro, like decades to figure out who you are. Yeah. Decades. I mean – I'm in uh, my early 30s. I would venture to say I don't even know who I am. I figure it's almost like you figure out who you are pretty much near your deathbed because you're always evolving, you know. Well, so yeah. I was just going to say that by the time you get a handle on who you are, you're different. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's you're always changing. Like I'm definitely not like the the Kev of 10 years ago when he start, started doing podcasts, he did Howard Stern podcasts. Like he did Shock Jockey Radio. Yeah. Now like that doesn't interest me. Like 10 years later, I've evolved as a person, my humor's evolved. I still can appreciate some of that slapstick. Yeah, I still laugh at some of that stuff. But like for me to do my brand of quote-unquote humor is really just to sit down and have conversations and just kind of laugh with somebody as we talk for you know a half hour or an hour or whatever yeah that's um that's way more interesting than like the the what 80 years of radio we've had of 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 the past so um yeah I, always evolving you you're never you never know who you are <laughs> is is what i'll take away from life yeah when when people's like i've I've no. I've thought this since I was a little kid. When someone, like in a movie or something, like nine hundred two and zero, and Brenda says to Andrea, "You've changed," and I'm like, "Yeah, like yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed. Yeah. What the hell is wrong with these people? What are you supposed to yeah. say the same guy since you were eight? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's." In- 
Yeah, it's it's it is, and it's funny because I will ca- kind of catch myself in that. Like, you know, I have a friend that that had, you know, he's moved to to DC and works out of DC, and every now and then, like, I always catch myself saying, "Man, like," and I don't say it to him, but like just to myself, like, "What the hell happened? Like, we're, we're like, why why aren't we?" Like, why don't we talk? Why are we so different? And it's because we are. We are just different people in different points of our lives. Yeah. We're not teenagers anymore. It, it is what it is. I've, I'm not, yeah. and I have, you know, I love loyalty and I love respect, but if we don't have anything in common and we don't relate, like my, a good friend of mine used to say, and he would say it in, in, um, in relationship to girls, he would say, if you don't relate to each other, you don't have a relationship. You have something else. And I, and I was like, you know, he'd go, it's probably like a mutual agreement based on lust or fear or something like that. And that's like what every relationship I had was. But friendships, people will hang on to a friend just because they've known them forever. And these people literally hate each other's guts. And it's like, yeah, but yeah. I've known him since I was eight. And it's like, yeah, you've had enough. Like, are you done? You don't it's- like each other. Yeah, I mean, th- there's a reason that even like relationships don't, you know, if you have relationships in high school, chances are it's not end game. So yeah. friendships really aren't going to be much different from there. Exactly. Uh, so I- I'm lucky that I do still have two really good friends from when I was eight years old. Wow. So like, I- I'm glad that I still have those. Like, I consider them my lifelong best friends. Uh, but there are plenty of those friends that I was eight that I I I, I forget their names. So <laughs> no. Uh, all right. So before uh, before we end the show, uh, go ahead and like throw out some plugs for everything you got going on. Where can people find you and and, and read up on all your memes and just get a good laugh? Um, so the best way to find me and where I'm most prolific is on Instagram at uh, Tank Sinatra. It's Tank Dot Sinatra, but if you type in Tank, it should come right up. Um, so the, there's another thing that I've been thinking about recently. My Facebook is where like all of my memes go because I'll post a lot on Instagram and if it doesn't do well, I'll take it down. But that doesn't mean it's not funny. It just means that it wasn't doing well at the time. So my Facebook is Tank Sinatra Official. My Twitter is where I make all the memes. You can search Tank Sinatra there too. Um, the book is, God, I hope um, it comes out on March 20th. We're like cutting it so close to the wire. But March 20th is one of those made up internet holidays. It's the International Day of Happiness. So, okay. happy is the new rich on the International Day of Happiness. It would be nice. We'll see what happens. Um, and the app should be available within the next four to six weeks. And that I'm really excited about because I get a lot of messages from people asking, how do you make these memes? And I'll finally have an answer because I don't have time to say, well, you start on Reddit <laughs> and then you screenshot it. Then you go to Twitter. Then you crop it. Like, I, I'm not doing that. You can either figure it out or you can wait for moments. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, and I, you know, I'll tell you, what, I'm really excited about that app because, like, now that like I, I love, I want to, I don't know, I'm not going to be a meme creator like like on your level, but like it's hey, you know what? Let me try it out. Let me have a new arsenal under my belt of of comedy, I guess. Yeah, or like when a mother, you know, she's at at prom and she takes a picture of her daughter, and the daughter captions it when you're at prom. Like it's not gonna, it doesn't have to be all funny stuff. It can just be true that familiar format of the picture with yeah. the words above it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and also when I need a, a quick picture for a uh, group text message that uh, you can you can make those all, all day yeah. exactly. I, I can be I, I can make fresh ones that no one's seen before. Um, all right, uh, Tank, thank you for being on the show. It was a really great conversation. I really enjoyed having you on. Yeah, man, it was nice talking to you too. Definitely. All right. Uh, thank you uh, all for listening to the show. Make sure you follow this show on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at That Nerdy Kev. 
you can find us on the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network on CoreTempArts.com. And of course, we're always right here on AwesomePodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Everything is awesome. We've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Core Temp Arts Podcast Network. To listen to more Core Temp Arts shows, visit CoreTempArts.com.